Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to True North Church this morning. My name is Tony, and I'm happy to be with you. As we dive into week seven of a series of messages called Summer Games. And if you're joining us for the first time, what we've been doing is we are looking at some of our favorite board games, and we're finding biblical truth within those games. And if you joined us last week, Kathleen took us through the game Candyland. And I'm going to kind of continue where she left off, because her message really got me thinking. Can you remember a time when nothing seemed to go right? Maybe you'd consider it the worst time of your life. Could have been a day, a week. For some, it might have been as long as a year. Or maybe you feel like this guy. Take a look. Maybe you feel like life is dealing you more downs than ups. This morning, we're going to look at the game Shoots and Ladders. And if you're not familiar with that game, this game actually dates back to 13th century India, where it was originally invented to teach children morality. And it was, it was invented under the name Snakes and Ladders. And in 1940, Milton Bradley, the American game company, decided, hey, we're going to bring this game to the United States. But they realized selling a children's game with the word snakes in it probably wasn't going to go over too well. So they rebranded the game under the name Shoots and Ladders, and that's the game that we know of today. And it's pretty easy to play, right? You get a game board, there's a hundred squares on the board, and you spin a spinner, and three things can happen while you're playing the game. You can move and be safe and just wait for your next turn. You can move and land on a ladder and actually move up levels within the game, or you can land on a chute, and if that happens, you can actually slide down levels in the game. And the object of the game is to be the first player to go from square one to square number 100. And unlike so many other games that are out there, Shoots and Ladders is a pretty simple game. It's not a game that you need any kind of specific strategy, right? You just basically, you move, you let the game play out, and throughout this game, there's this constant moving of up and down. And just when you think everything is great, just when you think you're in the lead, one spin, and you could slide all the way back down. You ever heard the, the saying, back to square one? Back to square one originated from the game Shoots and Ladders. And when you really think about it, this children's game is kind of like life. Life is filled with highs and lows. Everybody's going to go through ups and downs at some point in their life. And it could be different for everyone. It could be physically, emotionally, maybe even spiritually. For me, it's been financially. My life so far has been a financial shoots and ladders. You know, when I graduated college, being in my early 20s and having a college degree and clearly knowing everything, 
I took a job in financial sales with zero experience. And the job paid commission, 100% commission. No draw, 100% commission. Now, why is that relevant? Well, if you've never worked on commission before, it means if you don't make a sale, you don't get a paycheck. And I worked months of 60-hour weeks with no paycheck. It's the first time in my life I felt real financial struggle. Now, eventually, I started to learn the business. And eventually, I started to, as I like to say, climb the financial ladder of life. And by the time I was 24, I got married, had the expensive sports car, started getting custom-made suits with my names inside. I even had a pretty exclusive country club membership. And the following year, I had my first child. I bought my first house. And I was doing better financially than I ever thought I could at that age. But just two years later, it all ended. The firm I worked for went out of business, and that's a completely other story. And I couldn't find a job. And I had spent years working 60-hour weeks, and I was starting all over again. As I said, at this point in my life, I was unemployed for about a year and a half. I had two kids, and I was struggling, and I was sliding down the chutes of life. It was the first time I was responsible for someone else, and worry set in. But I eventually got another opportunity. And about two years later, I had the opportunity to run a branch office for another financial firm, and there was one caveat. I had to put up the money. And clearly, knowing everything, I said, no problem, I'll put up the money. Except I, I hadn't worked in a year and a half. So I borrowed money with no way to pay it back. I put myself into more debt. And I once again struggled financially to make ends meet. But also, once again, I started to learn the business, and I started to once again climb that financial ladder of life. I started paying down my bills. I started catching up on things. I started paying back my loan. And it looked like my life was back on track. But then something called the dot-com bubble burst. And the attacks of 9-11 happened. And once again, the firm that I worked for closed their doors. And I was once again sliding down the chutes of life. And believe it or not, I decided to make a career change and get out of financial sales. I decided to get into real estate finance. And everything was going great until 2008, when the housing market crashed and the financial markets collapsed. Has anyone else ever had to start over again more than once? 
I had spent 15 years up and down financially, each time worse than the next. Have you ever felt like you couldn't catch a break? Like maybe you never get ladders, you're always landing on chutes and sliding down the life? You're not alone. I've been there. And there's a key figure in the Bible who's been there too. This morning, we're going to dive in and look at the life of Job. Now, if you're not familiar with Job, Job, as I said, was a key figure in the Old Testament. And what we know about Job from the author was Job had a pretty good life. Job was a wealthy man, married. His wealth came from thousands and thousands of livestock. And he was blessed with seven boys and three girls. He wanted for nothing. And he was faithful to God every single day. The author tells us that Job was blameless. He was righteous. Now, maybe you've heard that term righteous before, but let me tell you how righteous this guy was. Job's sons, they would throw these massive parties, massive. And sometimes these parties would last for days. And when those parties ended, Job would get up early the next morning and he would make an offering to God just in case one of his children sinned. That's how righteous he was. And one day, God was presenting Job as a truly faithful servant. And Satan appeared before God and he said, of course he's faithful. It's pretty easy to be faithful when you've given someone so much wealth. It's pretty easy to honor you every day when you've given him such good fortune. But what if he wasn't so fortunate? Would he still honor you every single day if he wasn't so fortunate? And God said, if you think his faithfulness comes from his good fortune, I'll allow you to test him. And that's exactly what happens. And within one day, not a week, not a month, one day, Job loses all his livestock. All of it gone. His wealth is gone. And if that wasn't bad enough, the same day, later that day, a messenger comes to Job and tells him, one of your sons was having a big feast and all your children were there and they were celebrating. And a storm came in and a wind blew through the house and knocked it down and all your children have perished. They're all gone. And here's Job's reaction. This is Job 1, 20, verse 21. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. 
Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. So Job loses his livestock, all his wealth, lost his children. Could probably say it's the worst day of his life. Could you imagine praising God during your worst day? That's what Job did. But it wasn't over. Job gets tested again. And this time, Job is afflicted with terrible boils from head to toe. His whole body is covered in open sores. And he turns to his wife for support. And his wife says to him, this is the God that you honor every day. This is the God that you've been faithful to your whole life. You should curse God. You should turn from God. And here's Job's response to that. This is Job 2, verse 10. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Job praised God again. And what he's telling us is we can't be a people that only praise God when times are awesome. That's not how we were created. So Job's friends hear about what's going on, and they decide they're going to go be with him. They're going to do what good friends do, and they're going to come and be supportive. And for about a week, his friends say nothing. His friends are just, they're just there. Now, just on a side note, if you're ever in a position when someone you know is maybe hurting, sometimes silence is all they need. Sometimes saying nothing is the best thing to say. And that's what Job's friends should have done. They should have remained silent. But eventually, they start talking. And they start telling Job, it's all your fault. They start telling Job, everything that's going on in your life is your fault. You've sinned. You should turn from God. Have you ever had someone tell you it's all your fault? See, when you're going through struggles, it's easy to think that God is doing it for sin. But it doesn't work that way. God doesn't always deal with sin in the here and now. And on the flip side, just because someone has good fortune doesn't mean that they're righteous either. Now, despite the terrible advice that Job got from his friends, 
he was still faithful. But soon, his praise, it turns to anger. Soon, Job's praise starts to turn to questions. Why? Why are these things happening to such a faithful servant? Why do bad things happen to good people? Job actually starts to question God's justice. And maybe you've had questions before. But here's the challenge. What we think and what we know and how we see things is very different than how God sees things. God looks at the heart. God looks to your faith. And God tells Job that sometimes we may never know why. We can't comprehend why. Now, eventually, God restores Job's wealth, and God restores Job's health. And Job ends up with twice as much as he had before. And he has more children, and he lives a very long and prosperous life. And here's what Job learned. This is Job 23, verse 10. But he knows where I am going, and when he tests me, I will come out pure as gold. See, Job's story is the ultimate test of faith. Job's story teaches us how to deal with life during our darkest times. Even in the worst times, financial loss, the loss of his wealth, physical loss, the loss of his children, the loss of his health, Job remained faithful. It doesn't mean he didn't have questions. It's okay to have questions, but you have to trust in God's plan. See, the things that Job went through were horrible, horrible experiences. But God uses those experiences to strengthen Job's faith. And sometimes we might be put to the test to refine us. And I got news for you. Everyone is going to go through struggles at some point in their life. And when you're sliding down the chutes of life and you're going through your own struggles and your faith is tested, you need to realize that a faith that's not tested is not a true faith. Let me say that again. An untested faith is not a true faith. If life were all ladders, there'd be no reason for faith. 
I want to share one more verse with you before we leave this morning. And this is Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Don't depend on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. As I said earlier, I've gone through, like so many other people, my own financial struggles, my own ups and downs with finances. And here's what I know. For me, I recovered financially. But I don't worry anymore about my financial future because I know that what I have is not the source of my faith. And what I've learned is that if you trust in God's plan, when you're in the midst of your struggles and you wait on Him, God will always reward you for your patience and your perseverance. But only when you do it His way. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning to worship you. Lord, let us remember today that when we're in the midst of our struggles, Lord, I pray this morning that when we're in the midst of our struggles that we trust in you. And Lord, continue to watch over us And we know that when we get tested, we will come out pure as gold because all things are possible through you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.